0: Hey everyone, this is Sebastian, and this is your Meanwhile in Canada News Briefing. Via Global News Pet pig adopted from BC SPCA killed and eaten by new owners Outrage is spreading across Vancouver Island and online after a pig that was adopted from the BC SPCA was killed and eaten by the people who adopted her. Molly, a three-year-old Vietnamese pot belly pig, came to the SPCA's Cowichan and district branch as part of a cruelty investigation. She was taken care of and nursed back to health by the staff and was finally adopted by a couple in Duncan on January 19th. Then it was discovered that on February 16th, Molly had been killed and eaten. Brandy McKee, who lives on Vancouver Island, also owns a pet pig, discovered what happened to Molly through friends and word spreading online. She says the owners realized they did not know how to properly care for Molly, and that's when they made the decision to slaughter her for food. She says she is outraged that Molly's owners aren't facing any charges. Had this been a cat or dog, there probably would have been charges, she says. However, the BCSPCA says this is not necessarily the case. Because animals are considered property under law, once an adoption agreement is made, that person is the full legal owner of that animal, whether it's a dog or a cat or a pig or whatever. So the minute the adoption is signed, it will lose all legal rights to that animal, explains Lori Chortik, General Manager of community relations for the BCSPCA. The new person has all legal rights to that animal. Chortrick says the BCSPCA did send constables to the property to investigate the matter and ascertain the animal was killed humanely. Unless an animal is left to suffer, there's absolutely no laws whatsoever that would allow allow us to do anything, she adds. It's not that we wouldn't do anything necessarily, it's just that there's no route. McKee says Molly's owner Snapchatted photos and videos of seasoning the meat and preparing it to eat. Why wasn't it returned? Why didn't they rehome it? Why wasn't there charges being pressed, says McKee. That's the sickening part of it all, that they're getting away with it. The pigs were placed there as pets to be adopted. Chordick says that staff at the Cowichan branch are heartbroken by what happened to Molly. We would never ap- adopt an animal out to be used for food, she says. So there's quite a thorough adoption matching and discussion and counseling and that kind of thing. So this was the whole focus of the adoption counseling, they said. Yes, this was going to be a pet, going to live on a farm. This is what they're doing. They actually put it in writing. No, we will never use this animal for food. McKee says that maybe the laws in Canada surrounding animals need to be changed. <sighs> well, this isn't a good way to start the podcast. I mean, what a, what a, what a horrible story. But there you go, friends. Uh, don't, 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 don't adopt pigs to eat them. I'll find something better. CBC News Nova Scotia Cape Breton woman leaves car at Airport Hotel returns to find extra 3,000 kilometers on her odometer when Peggy McDonald sat down in her car at the Quality Inn Halifax Airport Hotel last spring after a few weeks away she knew something wasn't quite right the seat of her gray Volkswagen Tiguan was in the wrong spot the radio was blasting at a station she didn't recognize there were items that didn't belong to her in the back seat, and the gas tank was empty to top it off, there were, there was an additional 3,000 kilometers on her odometer. That was when we knew exactly the extent of how much our car had been used while we were gone, said the East Bay Nova Scotia resident. Violated, I think, is probably a good word. It's quite startling. McDonald is re- speaking out now in the hopes others will learn from her experience. McDonald and her husband were traveling to Hal- Calgary from Halifax in May 2017. When they arrived at the hotel, a very charming young man in his early 20s who worked at the Quality Inn offered them a great deal to keep their car at the hotel while they were out of town, McDonald said. The man asked that they pay cash, but provided them with with what McDonald said officially looked like a receipt from the hotel. He said, it's snowing, it's cold, I'll park the car for you. We may have to move it anyway because of snow removal, so I'll just move this for you, which I thought was exceedingly nice of him, McDonald said. He told them to call him when they were heading back to Halifax so he could get the car ready for them. So trustingly, we handed over the keys and he did park it for us. I don't know where and I don't know how long, but when we left in the morning, it all seemed to be well." McDonald said her husband thought to take a picture of the odometer before they left. Their car was about three months old at the time, with roughly 10,000 kilometers on it. She said that after they came home and noticed the extra 3,000 kilometers, they went back to the hotel and spoke to the manager. It was dark, so they brought out a light. And that's when they noticed the scrapes on the front bumper. They were startled about it, McDonald said. The night manager had called the owner of the hotel and they took full responsibility. And they were exceptionally professional and very helpful to us. McDonald said the hotel owner called them within a few days to tell them the young man had been fired. Basim Halef, who owns the Quality Inn Halifax Airport Hotel, confirmed that the man was let go the next day. Halef said this was the only car the man had driven and he had owned up to what he had done. In 15 years, nothing like that has ever happened to us. This is the first and the last instance, he said. Everyone was shocked that this happened and we took steps. We fired the individual and we notified everyone else that we don't take people's keys, we don't drive their cars, and we don't do any of this stuff. Normally, Halep said, people who park at the hotel would sign a document and park the car themselves. Drivers also keep their keys, he said. They have a shuttle that takes travelers to the airport after they parked. For what reason that these people left their keys with this particular individual, I really don't know, he said. That is not our, ho- our hotel policy left said if the car owners wanted to press charges they would have to certainly push it but they didn't want to press charges. via CBC News Edmonton Edmonton Park Rangers investigate meat left out for coyotes. It might take a stake out a stake. It might take a stake out to figure out who's leaving steak out for Edmonton's coyotes, but Park Rangers say it's a problem they want to stop. It's an ongoing investigation, said Sergeant Greg Komarinsky of the city's Park Ranger Unit in an interview with CBC News on Thursday. We have found indications that there's been meat dropped in areas of the Mackenzie Ravine more than once, so we're looking into that. What happens with that is it obviously attracts wildlife. Rangers aren't the only ones coming across the meat. We've had complaints come in through 311, people finding sources of food in the form of meat being left in the snow, said Komarinsky. One post being shared on Edmonton Community Facebook pages is warning dog owners about the situation and encourages them to call a park ranger if they have any information about it. Realtor and father Bill Bowers lives in Laurier e. Heights and tells CBC News that it's an ongoing problem. I know there's a lady who puts steaks and things out, birdseed, and her house will always have animals there and animal droppings, said Bowers. I thought that was kind of crazy, actually. I mean, there's so many kids in our neighborhood. Bowers was taking his kids sledding a couple of weeks ago when he came across what he described as a large coyote. He looked up at us and he wasn't scared of the van or anything. We weren't right on top of him when he saw us, but we saw him and he continued with business as usual, said Bowers. He hopes authorities can stop people from feeding wildlife but believes they might be limited in what they can do. She has to be caught in the act or the animals have to be caught in the act of being fed and that hasn't happened, said Bowers. There have been enough complaints lodged, but nothing that has been obviously been put into action. For now, the readily available meat means the coyotes don't have to be particularly wily to get a meal, and that will likely have them coming back for more. Komarinsky doesn't know why someone would leave the food out for wildlife, but does not suspect it's being poisoned. There are no reports of any injured or sick wildlife or domestic pets, so that's all I can say is that that has not obviously happened, he said. Still, park rangers want to put a stop to the activity. Folks, don't feed wild coyotes. Why? Just just, just don't do it. Now, this one is particularly uh, dear to my heart. Uh, The uh, Global News Winnipeg. Winnipeg man who created pizza pops dies. The Winnipeg man who invented the original pizza pop has died. According to his obituary, Paul Farachi died on February 6th at the age of 89 years old. He passed away in British Columbia. It said he had owned several restaurants and developed the pizza pop recipe. He came up with an item that people loved and became a standard in which many people would try to copy the pizza pop, the obituary read. Although he sold the pizza pops business, he handed down the original recipe with hopes that one day the original pizza pops will be produced by his family again. Pillsbury Canada bought that business in 1987 and in 2001 General Mills bought Pillsbury. Pizza Pops were originally invented in the mid-60s by a local man who started selling them in his restaurant, but was also selling them at Grand Beach, and they became very popular, Greg Guinan, the plant manager for General Mills in Winnipeg, said in an interview with Global News back in 2016. The only place Pizza Pops are manufactured are at a plant in Winnipeg's Fort Garry neighborhood and can only be bought in Canada. Only in Canada. I mean, I, I I thought they were everywhere. I mean, so this is uh, this is a particular Canadian story, and uh, some people that listen to this may not understand uh, how Pizza Pops were important to Canadian teenagers growing up, and, and how amazing they are. So, um, yeah, uh, Pizza Pops in the air tonight for the the the, the, the originator, the creator of Pizza Pops, who, who passed away. Rest in peace. Via CTV News, Edmonton. Are you kidding me? City of Edmonton will pay goat coordinator up to $43 per hour. I'm clearly in the wrong business here. The city of Edmonton is looking for somebody who goat the right stuff. Do all news outlets do this? Do they go with the puns? Anyways, officials are accepting job applications for a goat coordinator... To shepherd the goat works pilot project for up to 11 months this year. If you manage to bleed out the competition you can earn up to $43 per hour overseeing the animals as they munch on noxious weeds at a local park. The goat coordinator will be responsible for managing the program coordinating volunteer shepherds and organizing public meat and bleat events. The person will really be involved in creating opportunities for Edmontonians to come and check out our herd. Shannon Wagner of Edmonton's Operations Program Delivery and Partnerships Program told CTV News Channel on Tuesday. According to the city, these billies have been trained to eat certain weed species. Last year, they chowed down on Canada Thistle, Leafy Spurge, Common Tansy, Common Burdock, Yellow Toad Flax, and the Odd Dandelion at Rundle Park. The aim of the pilot project is to combat the weeds while limiting herbicide use. Goat stomachs are so acidic, they actually destroy seeds and prevent seed distribution, the city said on its website. They also digest weeds that would be toxic to other livestock. As a bonus, the goat poop acts as a fertilizer. The city said on its website that applicants should have a degree in horticulture, forestry, parks, recreation, or an environmental discipline, plus experience in forestry and gardening and a valid driver's license. There is more, there's one more qualification. Enjoying goats is part of the job, Wagner said. Applications will be accepted until March 1st. Uh, So I guess uh, we don't have a lot of time, folks. Apply. Apply with the City of Edmonton. Via CBC News, British Columbia. Gifting Circle Pyramid Scheme leads to four arrests in Lower Mainland. Mission RCMP have arrested four people in relation to an illegal gifting circle pyramid scheme potentially involving thousands of people across the Lower Mainland. An investigation was launched after a complaint to police in September claiming district employees, contractors, and volunteers working within the RCMP detachment were running the scheme. RCMP, with help from the Federal Serious and Organized Crime Unit, the Serious and Organized Crime Unit, executed four search warrants at four different locations in Mission on February 20th. Four people were arrested, but they were released without charges. The Better Business Bureau warned women about gifting circles in 2016. The watchdog says the scheme works by promising women a $40,000 payout if they invest $5,000 and recruit a few friends. Gifting parties are held under the pretense of helping another woman or family in need but those who show up are actually just giving their money to the person at the top of the pyramid. It may take a couple of wine parties or two to entice women to part with their money, said Evan Kelly, senior communications advisor for the Bureau in 2016. After all, a friend asked you to join. It couldn't possibly be a scam, right? Organizers try to make payments sound legitimate by insisting they're tax-free gifts. RCMP said participants avoid detection by using fake names, cash only, and an encrypted app to communicate. Eventually, the pyramid falls apart and rookies paying the top members lose thousands. A statement said Mounties know of more than 100 gifting circles, or clouds, running across the lower mainland. Up to 11 incidents involving the schemes have been reported to regional police in the past two years. Investigators believe there may be thousands of people involved or in the process of being recruited. There's virtually no winners in this, said uh, Inspector Annette Fellner, said in the statement. People who are involved in this kind of fraud are imaginative. They sound convincing and say the right thing to make you believe it's perfectly legal when it isn't. So if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. via Vancouver is awesome. City's affordable one-bedroom rent defined. $1,750 per month. And you thought apartments in Calgary were expensive. The February 20th provincial budget emphasized affordable housing, particularly in Metro Vancouver. Guidelines for rentals built under a city incentive program now defined that for Vancouver, affordable rent is at 1750 for one-bedroom and 2505 for a two-bedroom apartment. Holy cow. Those rates will likely go up next year, said Josephine Kwan, a spokeswoman for Spire Development, which will open a 95-unit rental project in fall in southeast Vancouver that is part of the city's Rental 100 program that offers incentives to rental developers. Without incentives, the six-story Spire Building near Fraser Street and East 57th Avenue would likely have one-bedroom rents above $1,900, which online rental search service Padmapper recently estimated was the city average. One said, the Spire provides perks that no existing rental project in the city could match. For example, the light, largest multi-unit passive house development in Canada would reduce energy bills for tenants by approximately 90% compared with a similar-sized building not built to passive house specifications. Passive house is endorsed under the City of Vancouver's Greenest City Strategy. Pete Racco, co-founder of Spire Development, said, Passive house construction costs are higher than those of a traditional building. However, the final product is much superior in terms of air quality, noise reduction, and carbon footprint," he said. "With the city's support, we now have the perfect opportunity to revolutionize the rental experience for Vancouverites, especially given our current housing crunch." 1750 for a 1-bedroom? That's crazy. And more than 2000, 2500 plus for a 2-bedroom apartment? Man. That's that's Metro Vancouver, like I'm sure if you went out to like Langley or Fort Langley. You can find something cheaper, right? If anybody in Vancouver is out there, let let me know. Wow. Meanwhile in Canada is your briefing for funny, strange and odd news from the Great White North. Subscribe to get updated in what's happening in Canada. Meanwhile in Canada Briefing is a positive production of Hanger Cat Media.